0: Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. This morning, I just want to give us something that is beyond the best. You know, I don't know about you, but after Easter, suddenly the the Bible gets like a recharge, like a, a fresh... I don't know, like a makeover almost. I get excited again for passages of scripture. All I can't wait to do is read about what Jesus is up to now and where he is and all that lot. So I just want to read to you today from Colossians chapter 15. No, Colossians 1, starting at verse 15. There's a new chapter called 15. Here we go, Colossians 1 from verse 15. So that in him he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile him to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Come on! I read that and I'm like, yes! Jesus is supreme, he's the top dog and he's wonderful. I don't know about you but I need a passage like that to wake me up, to invigorate me this morning. You know, um, Danielle tried to give me a cup of coffee that looked like gravy, it was so thick. She said, you need this? I'm like, no, I need this. I need this stuff every morning. Wake up to the supremacy of Christ. What is he doing now? He's Lord. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the name above every other name. He's been exalted to the highest place. He's flipping great. He's super, super great. We need to live in light of the resurrection. If Christ had not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is our faith. Hello. Like if Christ had not raised on that Sunday morning, we would be totally wasting our time today. We would be as mad as fools. But a chuffin rose from the dead. He is alive. Our preaching has a purpose. And so does our faith. There is power in his name. I've just been loving rereading. I don't know if you had it yesterday in your church, uh, Sunday on your church service, whether you went back through some of the passages, whether they preached on the resurrection. I sure hope they did. But I've been loving Matthew 28, the Sabbath. It's dawn while everybody else is asleep. Mary and the other Mary, as she's called, just Other Mary. Imagine if you're Other Mary. You know, you don't get Mary Magdalene, you're just And the Other Mary. We don't really know what surname she's got. But Other Mary is there. And they head towards the tomb. Proper courageous women. They are awesome. Like what are they doing up at that time? Why are they headed towards a tomb, heavily guarded? What are they thinking? Courageous women that want to pursue Christ and continue to glorify him. All the other boys, all the close guys, they're locked away. I don't know if they're sleeping. I don't know if they're crying. I don't know what they're doing, but they ain't walking to the tomb. These courageous women are walking to the tomb and then we hear that there's a great earthquake they didn't have the Richter scale back there but I'm going with eight 8.5 <laughs> there's like a great earthquake you know I went through the scriptures there's only two other great earthquakes mentioned Ezekiel gets one and Elijah gets one no great earthquakes are mentioned apart from these Mary and the other Mary they get one and I think it's localized I'm trying to work out what it's there for was it to dislodge the stone but no it's just to announce that an angel has come from heaven to earth. I don't know if the angel said, God, I'm going to go and do this. Because I can't wait. But could I just have an earthquake? You know, just, it'd be great if, you, if there was an earthquake and then I'm there. That'd be excellent. But he gets his earthquake. He gets his earthquake. And he turns up and he looks like lightning. Now, the appearance of lightning, I can't even imagine what that looks like because lightning's here and gone in a moment and it's very bright, but obviously it's startling and it's beyond the color. You know, it's, it's almost like electrified. There's something unique and powerful and his clothes are like snow white, pure. And there he is and he, and he makes his way to the stone and he removes the stone. It's not the, the violent, the, the great earthquake that shifts the stone. The angel moves the stone and then he sits on it. He's like, this is my thing. What's he doing sitting on a stone? Was he tired? Was, it, was the stone a bit of a big job? So he thought, I'll just roll it and then I'll sit. Just have a little break. No, he's saying, I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. I've done my thing. And Mary and Mary are there and they're like, whoa. And, and, and you see the guards. Have you seen that breed of goats that are like, when they get scared, they just fall over. Have you seen that? I don't know what they're called, but there's this special breed that you go, boo. And then they go, whoa. They've completely faint. Fainting goats, I think they're called. Google it when you're not working. <laughs> fainting goats. And this is what their the guards are like. They're like, whoa, whoa. Straight off corpse. They like, lie like they're dead. And Mary and Mary, the other Mary, they're like, what? They're in awe and wonder. And you wonder what goes on. And the angel says to them, don't be afraid. That's standard. That's a standard thing that angels say, don't be afraid. You know what? You never hear an angel say anything else because if, they, if you're to be afraid, then you usually get killed. So no one writes that down. So don't be afraid, the angel says, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen just as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you afraid yet filled with joy it says they're afraid but yet filled with joy imagine if you've been to acting school where they say okay give me happy give me happy and they say give me sad give me sad," and then they say give me afraid and full of joy that's proper complex that's a hard like I've not been to acting school but try and do afraid and filled with joy I'd love to do it for you this morning I don't know how to do afraid and filled with joy like that is, what they're saying is, they are all over the place. What is going on inside of them is like something they, you just can't even put in words, afraid but filled with joy, over the moon, but like, wah, what just happened? And so you know they begin to make their way back. They're obedient to the angel and they're on the way back to the guys and then Jesus appears. Then they fall at his feet and they begin to worship him. And I always find it fascinating what Jesus says. He doesn't say, Mary, another Mary, you're awesome. Where are the lads? Like, look at me, I rose from the dead. He just kind of gets on with business. He says, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee there you will see me. You want, if you're Mary, another Mary, you want him to say, Mary, another Mary, I love you. You are the best women on the planet. I affirm you in your courage. But he just says, go tell the boys I'm alive. Off you go. And so they do, and they go back and tell the lads, and they've got this 30-mile walk to Galilee, and you imagine what What's going through their mind as they make their way to this hill in Galilee where Jesus has told them he's going to meet them. 30 miles a day's travel thinking, are we going to see the risen Christ? Are we going to see the risen Christ? Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them. When when, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, hello, where have you been? that you would doubt at this stage. You've just followed the disciples. You've just walked up a hill expecting to meet Jesus. Jesus appears. Do you begin to worship? But some are like, well, but I'm not fully sure. I'm not fully sure. Are you kidding me? Some doubted that he was still real, even when he's presented before them. And then Jesus says those amazing words. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me all authority in heaven and earth not just a bit of authority not some of the authority but all the authority that's ever been has been collected together and given to Jesus as his reward because he died once for all he defeated sin he conquered death he deserves all the authority and God said you are my son I'm well pleased here have all the authority not just some not the best bit but all authority is yours you know when someone has all authority you do what they say and he says go make disciples you know we look at the great commission and we we get consumed with uh, Matthew 28 19 therefore go and make disciples of all nations we get stuck on that one passage we forget uh, verse 21 but we uh, verse 20 but we actually forget verse 18 We only go because he has all the authority. We only go because he's the one who's in charge and he sends us and he goes with us. At school, we had a supply teacher for English once and we very quickly realized she had no authority. And so we let her know that she had no authority and we had fun that day. And then a few weeks later, she came back as a proper teacher and we soon realized she had all authority that was not a good day Jesus has all authority he has the supremacy I started there the supreme leader is not King John Um, it's Jesus Christ we live in light of Christ and his supremacy we live in light of Jesus who has all the authority backed to Colossians the letter to the Colossians is awesome. Like, Paul just wants to get on with the business. You know, in some letters, he gets caught up in writing about the the way they've drifted from theology or some of the weird stuff that they've begun to do, and he kind of has to nag them and bring them back online. But with Colossians, he's like, "Uh, I'm Paul, and Timothy's here too, and uh, we really like you, we've been praying for you. And by the way, by the way, The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. It kind of spills out of him. He can't control it. Like he's so excited to get down to business. He's like, I could say this and it's nice to see you, like, let's get that all out of the way so we can get on with the business. Hello, Colossae. He is the image of the invisible God. And they say maybe he was quoting a song, like an ancient hymn, one of the first hymns sung about Christ, because it's beautiful and it's kind of poetic, this passage on the supremacy of God. Some people call it the first doxology, the first, like, moment of glory, a hymn of praise uh, to our gods. But it's incredible. But you know what the scriptures tell us? That we are made in the image of God. We too are made in the image of God. But what's different about this is when you read that in Genesis chapter one, it says, uh, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. If you dig into the Hebrew, that means an image that looks more like the shadow on my floor just here. I'm like, it kind of resembles me, but it's a shadow. It's, it's not the fullness of God. I'm like two-dimensional, but I'm not quite filled in. I'm kind of grayed out. We are made in the image of God. So although we don't look exactly like him, people could say, well, you know, it's God kind of shaped. We are a shadow. But Christ, when Paul writes about Christ, he talks about a mirror image high definition perfect representation god is the perfect representation of jesus is the perfect representation of god like he's no shadow it's a different word there he uses the greek and it means exact like for like like you're looking in a mirror and so if you want to know what god looks like you look to christ and you know what the scriptures tell us about what god is like Scriptures tell us that God is faithful and God is kind. God is loving and God is wise. God is holy and God is a rescuer. That God is just and merciful and gracious and creative and forgiving and true and generous and peaceful and righteous. God is powerful, helpful, compassionate, patient, full of blessing, full of joy. And he's strong. And there's many, many more verses. And so if I want to know what Christ looks like, I read the scriptures about what God looks like. If I want to know what God looks like, I look at Christ and all that is found in him and his wonder. I love that verse 19 from Colossians 1. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Jesus is no shadow. He's filled out. He's an exact representation. He's a mirror image of God. God was pleased about it. It's almost like there's been a reporter come to God and say, how do you feel about God? uh, Jesus, having your fullness. And he goes, I am well pleased. He is well pleased. Have you heard that phrase before, well pleased? Jesus, as he gets baptized and the heavens open, the dove descends and you hear that great voice of God the Father say, this is my son. In him, I am well pleased. Well pleased. Our God is well pleased with Christ. And he's well pleased to have the fullness of himself dwell in a man. In a man's body, God is well pleased that Jesus represents him fully. I am well pleased that Jesus embodies everything that I am. I am delighted that my power is displayed in this man. I am well pleased. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He is the first over all creation. He comes before everybody. All things were made through him and for him. So it doesn't matter what you've done or where you're from, there is no one greater than he. He is highly exalted, he is the name above all names, and he is first. But you know what's incredible about Christ? You know what is wonderful? The grace that I want to lay before you today is that Christ intends to make us in his likeness. Let me read to you from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, 29. For those who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Christ is the firstborn. We just learned that from Colossians. He's before all things. He has the eternal view and he knew you even before you were born and he has an intention and a plan and a purpose for your life. And guess what? I know what it is. You know, this generation seems to get locked in not knowing what God's plans and purposes are for me. We get consumed about it in the worship. Oh Lord, if you just tell me what I'm supposed to do with my life. If I'd only knew, well, let me tell you what your purpose is today. It's to become like Jesus. It's what God wants, to make you like him. His job is to mold you and shape you into his likeness. And you know the image word there is not back to shadow. It's HD. We are created in the image of Christ who is created in the image of the Father. All that Christ was representing is now for us. We get to be the image of Christ, not his shadow, but his reflection, the perfect image of the Son. And so all the things that we could say about the Father that are displayed beautifully in the Son are now displayed in us We are to be faithful. We are to be kind and loving and wise and holy. We're to be rescuers. We're to be just. We're merciful and gracious and creative and forgiving and generous and true and peaceful and righteous and powerful and helpful, compassionate, strong. All those words are us. Christ is at work today making you like him. Christ wants you to be made in his image do you know a greater grace than that the power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in your body working on you to make you like him why well first and foremost because that is where Jesus and God the Father are glorified you know Christ glorified the Father when he looked like the Father, when he displayed the Father, when he made the Father known. We glorify Christ and the Father when we look like Christ, when we display Christ, when we make Christ known. All this is for the glory of God and for the sake of the world. What an incredible thing. We are made like Christ that we might make him known for the sake of the world, for the sake of the lost, for the sake of the broken, and for the sake of the hurting. Why would it be good to display all those wonderful gifts if it wasn't to be a blessing? Like I said last week, that Billy Graham quote, God gave you two hands, one to receive with and one to give with. You know, we are to be people that not just take on the character of Christ so we, we, we feel better and look better and enjoy life better, but that our lives are used to bless and restore and heal and ultimately to bring people to the knowledge of Christ. What's Christ up to today? What is the risen Jesus doing today? He's at work in you, making you like Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams.